0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center.
1: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: We went for two reasons. One, to bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell, as I said at the time. The second reason was to eliminate. Al Qaeda's capacity to deal with more attacks in the United States from that territory. We accomplished both of those objectives. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. not all uh, not
3: all the experts I'm listening to uh, seem to agree with that second part. I mean, Osama bin Laden is clearly dead. I don't know about him being at the gates of hell. That's a, for theologians to decide. Mission accomplished. But. Uh, as I was reading an article yesterday from somebody I fully respect who's nonpartisan. Um, the Taliban is stronger than they've ever been. They're certainly stronger than they were when we landed there. Now you get into the, uh, separating Taliban from Al Qaeda in your verbiage so that you can say certain things, but nobody's completely sure to what extent the Taliban and Al Qaeda aren't practically one and the same. Um, or at least working hand-in-hand. Hand. They certainly seem to be working in hand-in-hand. In hand. Now, the Trump administration said, uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, said the Taliban is broken with al-Qaeda and given us promises. Nobody, no, no analyst that I read seems to believe that. But I think we just were looking for an excuse through a couple of presidencies to get out of there. Yeah, they said they're done with al-Qaeda. So anyway, we're done. Um As opposed to just, well, like we've been saying for a long time, let's just level with this. We spent a long time there. We did what we could. This is good enough. If Al-Qaeda does anything, we'll bomb the hell out of them. I don't know. What are you going to do? We're done.
1: The whole building democracies thing has failed again, more or less, we think. That doesn't even come up as a topic
3: anymore. I guess because you've had Republican and Democrat presidents claim that and
1: fail, everybody's okay with just let's pretend that never happened. Wow, that's a good point. I mean, because that's what we've been doing for the last decade. Uh, but they did change the date,
3: the end date, and we'll hear more from Joe Biden here just in a second because he got a little uh, worked up as he was being questioned about this. They moved the military mission will conclude now August 31st instead of the original target date of September 11th, which nobody could understand the messaging on that. It's just bizarre. So let's Strange. make it the 20-year anniversary of nine eleven when we say to the Taliban, you won, we're leaving, you
1: get the country. What? And or did he think it was some sort of, well, again, mission accomplished moment? Hey, we did it. We're, we're done here. And, and it's on the anniversary. Yay. Absolutely nobody took it like that.
3: Um, well, of course, just, he's very, very old. Let's just run through some of these Biden uh, 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 from his speech and then the question and answer. Go ahead.
0: Mr. President, yes. you trust the Taliban, sir? You,
2: is that a serious question?
0: absolutely a serious question. Do you trust the Taliban? No, oh, I do not. To the Taliban?
2: No, I do not trust the, the Taliban. Mr. President, will you amplify Mr. that, President that President
0: question, President, please? Will you amplify your answer, concert case, concert. please, if while you, you
2: don't the it? It's a silly question. Do I trust the Taliban? No.
0: The conditions are so concerning at this point that it could result in a civil
2: war. So, if Kabul falls to the Taliban, what will the United States do about it? Look, you've said two things. One, that if it could result in a civil war, that's different than the Taliban succeeding, number one. Number two, the question of what will be done is going to be implicated, gonna implicate the entire region as well. There's a number of countries that have a grave concern about what's going to happen in Afghanistan relative to their security. The question is, how much of a threat to the United States of America and to our allies is whatever results in terms of a government or an agreement. That's when that judgment will be made. And then the, the, I want to get this one in before we discuss a little bit because he did say this, which fits in with that. I will not send another generation of Americans to war in Afghanistan with no reasonable expectation of achieving a different outcome. They have the capacity, they have the forces, they have the equipment. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more, re- more competent in terms of conducting war.
3: See, that first part was the most true thing that he said yesterday. I will not send another generation of Americans to end up with the same result that we will get by leaving now. That is just 1,000% accurate. Unfortunately, it was true five years ago and 10 years ago.
1: Right. Yeah. I appreciated his candor in the previous clip too, where he, he, you know, he ran through the various potential outcomes and said, look, will it affect the United States or our allies? That's the question. And, and that is finally addressing indirectly the reality that it's going to be a hellhole in Afghanistan. I mean, it's going to be horrible. Whatever results, it will be difficult to see, but it's not really our problem. You know, it's not one of those we broke it, so we bought it things because Afghanistan has been either the the graveyard of empires or whatever it's called. And uh, it was broken. We got there. Oh, yeah, a brutal hellhole racked by war and dissension and religious fundamentalism and the rest of it. And it probably will be 175 years from now. So, yeah, I appreciate them saying, look, it's not about whether Afghanistan's a pleasant place. It's about whether it affects us anymore.
3: As you could hear them, and I'm looking at the, the TV shows, uh, the the, the, uh, the network news shows, and they're all talking Afghanistan to lead off their programs. Um, you could hear how animated the press was there. As he, you know, said a couple of things and how, and I think what's animating the press is the, the dissonance. They're just a couple of things that don't fit together. Um, the last administration touted the fact, as I said, that the Taliban promised that they would break with Al Qaeda. Well, I guess we're trusting the Taliban that they did. Apparently we are. Even though, uh, Biden said that we don't trust the Taliban, um, Does anybody believe that the Afghan forces are up to the task of keeping the... The Taliban's rolling across the nation. Every night they gain more territory.
1: I think the Afghan forces are probably capable enough to hold Kabul, usually. With our help. To usually have some level of control of the capital. Yeah, with our help. But in the hinterlands, forget it. It's uh, Talibanistan. I'm not,
3: um... I'm not you know, looking for some sort of partisan anger on this issue. I think we should get out. I'm all for it. And I, I just, all along, I just wish more honesty from everybody, from every president. I wish there would have been more honesty about what's going on and what can be accomplished, what is being accomplished. And I I, th- I think we were misled out of cowardice by, um at all levels. And Congress should have got more involved, and they didn't. They don't want to, they don't wanna have to have a vote on anything and, and. Uh, and get blamed if there's another terrorist attack, so they just let the president decide. One man
1: gets to decide whether or not we're staying there or not. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Well, and I just think at a really fundamental level, continuing to refer to it as a war is a mistake. It's just not. Yep. Not in any yep. sense. You know, just for the heck of it, why don't we play the Wall Street Journal's Bill McGurn, who I usually agree with. Uh, he was on the panel with Brett Baer on Special Report last night, and he, was, uh, he says leaving Afghanistan is a big mistake. Twenty-one.
0: I was in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen way back before this war, in the first war in Afghanistan when they were fighting the Soviets. And you know, I'm old enough to I'm old enough to remember Vietnam. I'm old enough to remember um, you know the reformation of like ISIS um, after we led the area. So I I wish I could be optimistic, but I can't. The last time we thought Afghanistan didn't matter, uh, you know they came and knocked down two of our buildings in Manhattan and attack the Pentagon. And I just don't believe that the air capabilities are going to be sufficient. Look what happened in Benghazi, because our flight, it took hours for flights to get there. I just don't think you can substitute for troops on the ground. We had, I believe, three casualties this year, none of them combat related. Uh, You know, we're still in Germany after defeating Hitler, and we're in Korea and Japan. Uh, after World War II, and that's been to our benefit to help stabilize the region. I I just think this is going to go down as a terrible mistake. Well, as we've said several times this week, and Mike
3: Lyons agreed, having an air base there might have been a good idea or whatever, but as far as the last time we ignored Afghanistan, they knocked two of our buildings down. Al-Qaeda is all over the freaking Middle East and Africa and everywhere. They can make that plan from anywhere. That, that, To me, that makes zero sense to focus on that one particular area of Afghanistan
1: to stop Al-Qaeda from attacking us. I would agree. There's nothing unique about that part of the world. So I, I, I see his point. It's probably not a bad point, but... Do we really want to have a germany like installation in Afghanistan for the next thirty fifty years? I't don't, I don't see it, but I don't know. I guess we'll all find out together Yes, as I will. often say
3: yes, we will um and uh i i I do think there will be things learned in uh in coming months or maybe years, maybe years from now about what's actually going on behind the scenes. I think we decided that that Afghan security force is just it's just worthless. But
1: but then why would Biden be talking it up so big yesterday? He talked him up pretty big. Yeah, he did, but it was it was pretty fudgy. You know, they have the capability. You know, will they use it, though? Will they actually execute it? Uh, yeah, you have potential, son. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything.
3: They're surrendering and handing over their guns in
1: droves. Well, you can't leap to any conclusions about that. I mean, that's not a sign that they're weak. All right. Wait a minute. Yes, it is. Yes, they're very weak. <laughs> My God. So it ended exactly how most people thought it would end.
3: Starting, Quagmirishly. Starting many years ago. We'll it leave and it'll go back to being a hellhole. Okay, that's fine. It reminds me of... um, you know, uh, This is kind of like this statement uh, from... The Dispatch about Michael Avenatti. Crazy how it's always the people you most expect who try to extort (laughs) blah, blah, blah and end up in jail. That way, Afghanistan, crazy how it turned out exactly the way everybody thought it was going to turn out. That way, everybody's been predicting for like 15 years it would turn out exactly the same way.
1: Yeah. Well, on another topic, you remember that old urban legend about cell phones can cause brain cancer? Uh, We should probably talk about that. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, I haven't heard this double we uh, are yeah, stay tuned for uh, that and always
3: always willing to take your text at 415295 kftc what expensive degree did you get or you know somebody got that uh, isn't really worth what you paid for it uh we were talking about that earlier 415295 kftc
2: The Armstrong and Getty
3: Show. Picture, if you will, a man. Um, and he's at the Family Fun Center, and he's on a kid's 32-foot slide, but he's way up high in the air, and apparently he gets scared.
1: people around him are sympathetic
3: it sounds <laughs> oh like he eventually let go and slid down the slide well slide shouldn't be scary unlike when i climbed onto the high dive two summers ago <laughs> got out on the edge chickened out and then asked the lifeguard who was like a 16 year old girl if i could get down she said sure and then so all the little kids had to climb back down the ladder to let the old man walk back down Climb back oh, down boy. the ladder. It was embarrassing. Oh, I liked the one little kid who said,
1: let go, it's a slide. <laughs> <laughs> Your child, you have no fear. You don't understand mass and uh, force and all kinds of different things. Recovery time. If I plummeted somehow off of this slide backward because I'm not letting go, I could be killed. So the Wall slide let go.
3: <laughs> the Wall Street Journal started the topic today of uh ratio of student debt to what you actually earn, focusing on one uh, young man who got about three hundred thousand dollars in student loans from a fancy fancy pants film school and is making thirty grand a year doing something else uh, which is pretty typical
1: of folks in his field yeah who who do you who do you put that on well there are there are multiple uh there are multiple you know, targets, I think, for our disapproval. A, a con man definitely is, uh, is a criminal. And, and I think these uh, universities are, to a large extent, criminal enterprises. On the other hand, the person who falls for a particularly stupid uh, scam, you know, you've got to take responsibility.
3: Yeah, the only way you can fix it, to me, is to create a culture where you think about the likelihood of being able to make a living as a poet or a rock guitar star, or whatever. Anyway, we got a bunch of texts on that. Damn it! I'm just one semester into my $250,000 Masters of Military and Political Strategies for Victory in Afghanistan degree at Yale. (laughs) I think that's a joke. Uh, I got an associate's of. This is an opposite. I got an associate's degree. That's a two-year degree of applied science and electronics. I make over six figures annually. I've been fixing high-end electronic machinery through the COVID. Not one day off in the last two years, college is a big scam. Well, it's not always. uh, A lot of truth to that, though. Certainly can be. Uh, Certainly for the cost. Boy. Uh, Excellent topic on student loan debt. I'm a father of four very smart children who have accumulated over $400,000 in parent and federal student loan debt. The payment that I'm responsible for is more than my mortgage. I'm with you guys that there should be no bailout for this ungodly mess of federal student loans. I choke every month when I write out that check. What paying more for his kid's college and than his mortgage. Well, yeah, it would be
1: easy to do. If there were trillions of dollars in federally guaranteed car loans, so just anybody could get a loan, any amount to buy any car, what do you think that would do to the car market? How many people would be chasing more and more expensive cars? What would car dealers do to react to that? Do you think perhaps cars would become just mind-bogglingly expensive, but nobody would care because they were getting these federally subsidized loans? You think? Maybe? But on the other end of it, I would tell my kids, don't go out and buy that Ferrari. Don't do it. It's a right. stupid
3: decision. Yeah. Uh, my law degree was hands down the worst decision I ever made, says that person. Uh, I have a friend in high school, got a degree. Signed, in Michael Avenatti. I have a friend from high school, got a degree in gender studies at Stanford, graduated in
1: 2014.
3: He's $250,000 in debt. He's currently working at Safeway
1: as a baker. Gender studies.
3: Please do not use
1: gendered language Uh, to to address everyone. uh, How can I talk about gender studies without using gendered language, sir? (laughs) Or madam, or neither. I was check ju- the junk. That's all you need. That would be one class, gender study. Joe's University of Gender Studies. Check the junk. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, a now, one. this is on the test, but that's the only thing that's on the test. <laughs> True, check the junk.
3: Is that a 101 class? That's not a 400-level class. Is it check the junk?
1: It's all the classes. <laughs> that's your degree right there. <laughs> Speaking of science, is your cell phone giving you brain cancer? Oh, boy. It kind of might be.
3: Check the junk. (laughs) Eh,
1: Boy,
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: What's the hottest area in the world for Bitcoin mining? You might be surprised. Bitcoin mining. um, Have that for you in a second. Also, oh, we're just to lead into what Joe's going to talk about. I remember watching Larry King on CNN many years ago. Man, this had to be a long time ago because it was when cell phones were pretty new. The idea of everybody having a cell phone or enough people having a cell phone to talk about it. So I'm guessing mid-90s. Larry, P, Larry King had a bunch of doctors on. <laughs> Any chance cell phones give you cancer? Are you holding it up to your head and anything like that? And uh, he had three doctors on the show, and all three of them said, well, there's no no studies show that, that yet. And Larry King said, do you hold the cell phone up to your head? And they said, no. All three doctors said, no, I'm not going to hold the cell phone up to my head.
2: Hmm.
3: No, that was, you know. 25 years ago, i got to believe by And they by moved now. down
1: to Lincoln, Nebraska. You're on with Burt Bacharach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, uh, that was a long time ago, but that's always stuck in my head that the brain doctors thought, eh, I'm not doing it. But, well, You know, you- I don't hold a cell phone up to my head hardly ever now. I have a cell phone in my pocket. I don't know what it's doing to my buttocks, but I I, I almost never have it up to my head because I don't talk on the cell phone ever.
1: Well, researchers at UC Berserkly took a comprehensive look at statistical findings from 46 different studies around the globe. They did a meta study and found that the use of a cell phone for more than a thousand hours or about 17 minutes a day over a decade increased the risk of tumors by 60 percent. That seems significant. Now, is there any weird
3: lifestyle thing with that?
1: Um that's an interesting question. That that's always an interesting question whether that lifestyle goes along with other habits. Um a, a good study will tease that stuff out. I don't you know, what talk
3: I, on my cell phone seventeen minutes a month, I don't think.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, um and I, I thought you were gonna go with our other great uh you know, statistical skepticism, which is was the original risk one in a trillion? Right. And now it's $1.6 in a trillion traded for the convenience of being able to talk to people on a wireless device. So is it significant or not? I don't know. And they don't really uh, get into that. Um So it's, it's about a 60% risk, They think, if, again, you average roughly 17 minutes a day over a decade and that, but with the thing pressed to your noggin. Right. And how many people do that? I mean, I don't know. I don't very often. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't make that many calls. In, in fact, now that I think about it. And when I do, I use some sort of device where I'm not, I don't have the cell phone up against my head. I almost always use the speakerphone. Yeah, unless I'm uh, amongst humanity. But generally, if I'm amongst humanity, I'm not having a phone conversation because it's rude and weird. Talking on the phone. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. Boy, <laughs> well, speaking of cancer, I just found out that dermatologists called and that they got a slice more out of me. Mm. They got to go deeper. Stay out of the and sun, that, people. Yeah, I know, and use the sunscreen on your kids. No, I'm Uh, sorry.
3: Stay out of the sun 30 years ago. That's what the doctor tells me. The damage you did was so long ago. I I can practically
1: picture the day. There it was, Gladys. There it was. Gladys, wake up. Yo! The shores of Lake Michigan, the Indiana Dunes. I was thin at the time. Hard to believe. I know there with my gal pal my buddies we probably smuggled a little beer and we laid there with baby oil on ourselves so we could instantly bake ourselves into lobsters and it was probably one of those days that got started and, and i they Kid take rock
3: it. says your hair was long your thoughts were short
1: mm, amen to that but now they got to cut a little more out of me and it's on my abdomen And i'm really worried it's gonna threaten my career as a before model and I, I don't talk about this much on the air, but uh, you, you've you seen my hairy belly in ads all over the planet for uh, weight loss products. You see, Jack, I don't know if you know this because you're not in the industry, but you got a couple of choices because all those things are phony. So you can either take a, a legit fat guy, then Photoshop him thin for the before and after, or you just get, and this is simpler, you get a thin guy and you Photoshop my belly onto him. And, uh, and then, you know, this after is just the way he looks all the time. Or just
3: the holding so. your belly. And my dad used to do that when we were little kids, and we, we'd laugh so hard. when they'd, they'd have the TV ad
1: before, before, <laughs> and after. He said, I can do that. And he'd say,
3: before, after, before, after.
2: <laughs> <a>
1: <laughs> I'm actually flying to uh, Paris to do a shoot for a brand that translates as uh, Monsieur Porky. Uh, it's a, a line of clothing.
3: Speaking of that sort of thing, maybe we'll get to this next segment. Uh Are these laws coming to America? They have them in some other countries. Laws against retouching photos. You're not like. allowed to
1: thin yourself out in a photo and make your skin look better. It's against the law. I was, I was going to say in what circumstances, but you've kind of answered the question. That's insane. I want to hear about it. Uh so, more on that later. I wanted to play this for the, you. How about my freedom of delusional self regard? My right to delusional, you know, d- 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 handsomeness.
3: I have more to say on that, but I'll save it. Um, I uh, wanted to play this for you. My, my least favorite sort of political actor, I mean, there are hacks all over the place. There are more hacks than non hacks in the oh, world oh, of I, politics. 90%, yeah. But my least favorite is. Uh, People who switch parties to become a darling of the other side (laughs) absolutely drives me crazy.
1: Um, Well, it's handy because some so many of those people have no beliefs whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, Self-enrichment is their principle.
3: That's a decent point. They might have been lying in the first place, so they didn't actually switch sides. They never had a side. They were just going to be on whatever side that made them the most money. One of the best examples of that, of course, the Lincoln Project, a whole bunch of Republican operatives who became never-Trumpers, and uh, and then MSNBC particularly just loved these people and had them on Morning Joe and all these shows, and they wrote books, and they got to go to all the best restaurants in New York City, I'm sure, and they need for free, and they're just idolized because they're Republicans are bad-mouthing Trump. And they turned out to be complete frauds. They're just stealing from you, taking money for their, own, uh, for their own gain. They're just absolute liars and frauds. Well, Steve Smith, the head guy at the Lincoln Project, who got completely pantsed and outed, I would have thought he would have wanted to keep his head down once he got caught as a complete lying fraud.
1: You lying creep. Is still out there saying crap like this. The 1 6 attack for the future of the country is a profoundly more dangerous event than the 9 11 attacks. And in the end, the 1 6 attacks are likely to kill a lot more Americans than were killed on the 9 11 attacks, which will include the casualties of the wars that lasted 20 years following it. We yeah. have had yeah. periods of political violence in this country and it and i believe we're on the edge of another one tragically and 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 we have to fight back against it at the ballot box
3: all right after getting caught stealing your money in theory being part of the resistance against trump he's out there saying that the insurrection on january 6th is worse than 9/11 and more people will die
2: well and he's talking about
1: in de- his defense, now he has his, his giant home, his, his house in the Hamptons, his Mercedes payments, and his lawyer bills to pay. So he's got to keep fundraising, got to keep hustling.
3: That's true. The lawyer bills probably he's probably going the direction of Michael Avenatti, where he's starting to have to make some tough decisions to try to keep up his lifestyle.
1: How surprised would you be if he ends up in the Who's Gal?
3: Oh, not. I'll be surprised if he avoids it.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you didn't hear it, uh, Michael Avenatti was sentenced to prison yesterday. Got a, got a couple of years for uh, extorting Nike, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got some more uh, trials coming up. He's not wanna... done
3: uh, be, be facing jail time. Let's play clip 42. Why not?
0: Michael Avenatti is set to embark on a new career. He was known for manufacturing hoaxes, such as the lies he told about Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And now he's going to be manufacturing license plates in a federal penitentiary.
3: There you
1: go. Ha, ha,
3: ha, you know, ha. we hadn't even mentioned that aspect <laughs> of it. Not only was he just awful doing the whole Stormy Daniels thing. You know, he was Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That's how he uh, launched onto the scene. And uh, going after Donald Trump and, jeez. The cable news channels acting like this was going to be the end of the Trump presidency. The whole Stormy Daniels thing. Turned out Avenatti was stealing from her, Stormy Daniels. Then he was doing all kinds of terrible things, tried to extort Nike. That's why he's going to prison. But we left out of that conversation. He's the one that brought forward the worst accusations that were complete lies
1: about uh, Kavanaugh, our current Supreme Court justice. Just awful. The guy is a piece of excrement. And never forget, never forget, CNN and MSNBC were taking him seriously as a 2020 presidential aspirant. That's how insane Trump made them. Yeah. Hilarious.
3: Um, So we'll talk about this when we come back. What do you think of this idea of having laws against retouching photos? The idea behind it is it gives particularly young people, particularly young women, unrealistic ideas of what you can look like and that it causes all kinds of problems so I think uh, well I think a lack of freedom causes more problems but uh, we'll talk about that among other things coming up
0: word for Zaila Avant-Garde to win the 93rd
2: Scripps
3: National Spelling Bee. The word is Maria.
0: Maria. Does this word contain like the English name Murray, which could be the name of a comedian? <laughs> or just like, the English name in general? I don't see that here. Bill Murray made the spelling bee. <laughs> Maria. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A.
2: That is correct. <laughs>
1: What so just happened there?
3: The script spelling bee, first uh, African-American to ever win, this uh, little African-American girl. Um, did she say, the, the word was Murray, whatever the word is, she said Murray is in Bill Murray, the comedian and actor. How does she know who Bill Murray is? Well-rounded it's like, young lady. It's like a 10-year-old. Um, uh, where is she from, or where are her parents from? I'd be interested in knowing that, because that would fit in with a lot of statistics that I know. Let's look that up, and then I'll get back to that later. Script
1: spelling bee. Hey, she
3: seems like a cute little girl. I just saw her on the Today Show. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a bad idea to let your kids spend their entire lives learning how to spell useless words. I just, I, I, watched the documentary Spellbound many years ago, and it just seemed like torture to me. Don't let your kid do that, but whatever. You know,
1: I suppose it's better than uh, the huffing paint out of a sack. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a standard. Oh, by the way, just one more quick options, note. I guess. <laughs> All right, one more quick note on the cell phone thing. I, I read down further into the study. Health experts said cell phones should not be held in a pocket, bra, or belt holster, as a phone's antenna tries to stay connected with cell tower, even whenever it's on, even when it's not in use. So, uh, not my pocket.
3: Give me a break. Everybody in America has got a cell phone in their pocket today, and every day. Um We are just wondering if that uh, a texter asked if that study was done by big big landline. <laughs> trying to get, you know, trying to have their day in the sun again. Uh, I mentioned, uh, where's the hot place in the world for Bitcoin mining? I still don't understand what that is or how it works. I don't know if I, I'll need to before I die or can I just live out the rest of my life not understanding this. Uh, Bitcoin miners break new ground in Texas, state hailed as the new cryptocurrency capital of the world, and particularly Rockdale, Texas. Yep, they, a the, lot of people left uh, China the largest crypto mine in North America and soon to be in the entire world in Rockdale, Texas. So, again, I don't even know what that means. Um, Came across this. Do you know who Valerie Bertinelli is? You have to be of a certain age to know. She was a child star in the 70s of a sitcom. Then she got married to Eddie Van Halen, the world's most famous guitar player. She was a hottie, um, and now she's 61 years old. Well, she... Posted a heartbreaking video, according to the New York Post yesterday, responding to trolls who'd been criticizing her weight. Apparently she oh. was apparently she was on the Food Network the other night talking about these recipes, and she got a lot of comments on social media, like you do. I can't tell you how many hateful texts I've gotten today. Social media just brings out people saying hateful things. Apparently she was not aware of this. So Valerie Bertinelli, TV star, former, you know, sex symbol, She's gained weight. She's on TV on the Food Network the other night, and apparently a lot of people were uh, were making comments about how you come up with a recipe that's just salad or something like that. You know, oh, very un- unkind kind. Not comment. even clever. And, uh, and then she released a video in which she tearfully, she said, you see, I don't have a scale or clothes that I'm trying to put on every day, and I don't have mirrors, so I don't see what's become of me. Uh, you know, I don't have any idea that I need to lose weight until you told me. Tearfully wow, that's too bad that you were uh, unaware that social media was like that and then felt the need to respond to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Valerie, from a friend, uh, just don't even engage these people. That They're here to hate. You can't shame them. They have no shame. But does that fit into this? Why
3: experts uh, are talking about these laws that are being passed around the world in which you're no longer allowed to touch up photos? France has got laws like this. Now, Norway has laws like this. Yeah, it's against the law. Regulations passed as an amendment to the country's Marketing Control Act are intended to raise awareness among young people that perfect bodies bodies and advertisements don't show people as they appear in real life. Now, there are different versions in different countries. In some countries, it's flat-out illegal to touch up uh, photos like that, like to change... Significantly, and then you get into lawyerly. You know what's significant? Yeah, what's wait not. a minute. Significantly, your size or shape or skin tone, because it makes people think that that is the uh, that's what beauty is. I'm, I don't know, or, or, I, or I, they think I, it's
1: possible, and it hardly is.
3: I, you know, I'm not a girl for one thing, um, but you know, I I saw perfect perfect looking people on television and magazines my whole life. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think, you know, (laughs) this is something awful was happening because I
1: didn't look like them. I I don't know. I just. Yeah, I wonder. Obviously, there is a significant group of people whose brains don't work the same way because I, I have the same opinion. Yeah, they're they're impossible. They're perfect. They're retouched. And I've known that for many, many years. You know, maybe there are people who just, they are so affected by that, they just want that so badly, they go crazy. I'm well, not that, sure limiting people's liberty is the way to deal with it. Well, in fact, that, I'm sure that's not the way to well,
3: do it. Well, does that even make any difference? Don't you just look around your junior high or your high school or whatever age you are, your workplace, and there are people in real life that are much more attractive than you? That's just a fact, unless you are, you know, among the chosen top percent who are that attractive person at your workplace or school, everybody else is seeing in real life somebody that's way more attractive than them. Isn't that just something you have to come to terms with as a human being?
1: Well, and they're seeing in real life that person's flaws or whatever. Uh, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm not all that concerned about or you're
3: seeing in real life that that person gets more dates and more attention. But what are you going to do? It's just it's part of being a human being. That's what seems so weird to me about being concerned about the images on magazines. You see, if you go to a restaurant, there will be a bunch of really handsome men there or really hot chicks, and you don't look like that. They're not touched up. That's what they look like. You just So you need to come to terms with the fact that there are people that are more attractive than you. Don't we just, I I don't know, it seems crazy to me to focus on the touched up photos from magazines when you're surrounded by that in everyday
1: life. I could probably justify it if I tried a little bit in an advertising context because it is akin to false advertising or fudging of statistics. You know, use this face cream, and then there's a woman with absolutely perfect milky skin, except that the model doesn't have perfectly milky skin. You know, I could I could almost make a claim that that's false advertising, but uh, i got to admit, in my uh, list of give-a-dams, that's... Uh, let me flip to the page... Six, seven, eight. I still haven't come across it,
3: And you're honestly. someone who's raised two uh, young women in your house. So uh, if you're not concerned, then who should be? You know, exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because they always
3: aim that th- this at young women. They're going to commit suicide or do whatever
1: because they're not as attractive as models on TV. I just, that just seems nonsensical to me. Well, and here's a little Uncle Joe common sense. And this is the sort of thing you almost never hear on the radio or anywhere else. But you probably should. We really need to be careful crafting our society or passing laws to protect the stupid, to protect the unwise, to protect the fools among us. Stupid should hurt, and if we try to craft a society where there are never any consequences for being a fool, you're not going to like that society.
3: The other thing that is in, that is worth knowing, I, I assume everybody knows this, that Jennifer Lopez worked out like ten hours a day and ate nothing but lettuce to look like she did for that one movie. She doesn't even look like her, right? The people, the people that are the best, they don't—they only looked that way on that day for
1: that photo. So even them, they can't live up to that. Let alone you. And they retouched the hell out of her on the movie poster too. And she's about as uh, lovely as a gal can get. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? What are you going to do?
3: They actually passed laws in Norway and France and a number of other countries you haven't heard
1: of against this sort of thing. Isn't that crazy? Coming up next hour, if you can stay tuned, and if not, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, the future of AI warfare. Kind of scary. Armstrong and Getty.